Today on Rooted Daily, we talk about how to fight for peace. Welcome to Rooted Daily, the podcast where in 10 minutes or less each day, we root you in the Bible so you can grow with God, you can weather the storms of life, and you can bear fruit. Now, I'm Brandon Levy, and today we are talking about the work that peace takes. You know, sometimes we think about peace the way we think about the cold. We're told it's just the absence of heat, and we think that peace is just the absence of conflict. If we just stop fighting, there will be peace. But God's Word says there's more to it than that. Peace is a fight in its own right. You know, the writer of Hebrews talks about a list of things that Christians must be continually striving for and growing in. He writes, Therefore, strengthen the hands which hang down and the feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be dislocated, but rather be healed. Pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Pursue peace with everyone. To grow with God, that's one of the things we have to keep working at. And the implication here in Hebrews is that this isn't always easy. This kind of peace, it's not just conflict avoidance, pushing things under the rug and pretending they aren't there. This is an active peace. It takes effort. In fact, the writer relates it to the effort required for our pursuit of all these other attributes of our faith that we work on. In the same verse, we're told it's like pursuing holiness or setting ourselves apart from the world. And we know very well that's not our default setting. Our default is to go with the flow. But we work at living Christ-like lives, and that's a fight against sin. The writer also talks about uh, bitterness and sexual impurity and faithfulness, all of which we know take effort to combat, and he compares that with the fight for peace. You know, the point is, peace doesn't come naturally. It doesn't naturally spring up as long as we avoid conflict. It is a fight all its own, and we are commanded to take it on. First Timothy 6.12 says, fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life. Pursuing peace with everyone is a part of that fight. And just like the rest, it's hard. It's a spiritual war because it goes against everything we are conditioned to do. I was reading about the Greek word translated as pursue here in Hebrews 12, 14. And it was noted as a strong word, stronger than what modern English speakers typically mean when we say pursue. In fact, if you look up how this word is translated throughout the Bible, we see it associated with peace three other times in Romans 14, 19, uh, 2 Timothy 2, 22, and 1 Peter 3, 11. It's translated there as follow or seek. But then look at how this same Greek word, dioko, is translated everywhere else. Jesus used it. Blessed are you when others persecute. Dioko, you, Matthew 5, 11. Again, Jesus said about Paul's deal, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting? There's that word again, me, in Acts 9, 4. Paul said, I press Dioko on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus in Philippians 3, 14. And Paul met by any means possible, as we read in verse 11. John says, and when the dragon saw that he had been thrown down to the earth, he pursued Dioko, the woman who had given birth to the male child in Revelation 12, 13. There is nothing passive about this. These are literal fighting words. We should pursue, we should chase after, we should fight for peace by any means possible. Perhaps a, a fair synonym would be to persecute conflict. 
Don't just slip it under the rug and hope that it results in peace. Pursue peace with fervor, the same kind of passion that Saul had in his persecution of the church. You know, here's the deal. Part of our job as Christians is to unearth conflict. We don't necessarily create the conflict, but we are supposed to shine a light on the conflict that's hiding beneath the surface. Maybe a good illustration of this is, is what Jesus said, according to John 3. He says, he who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. And this is the condemnation, that the light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light, that his deeds may be clearly seen, that they have been done in God. You know, Christians, we don't condemn people. That's not our job. But we are to be a light into the world to show the dangers of darkness. That means sometimes we have to shake up a hornet's nest and unearth conflict that the world is happy to ignore. Take, for example, John the Baptist. He's confronting Herod, and according to the worldly definition of peace, he should have just left well enough alone. He shouldn't have rocked the boat. Or he should have gone to Herod and Herodias once, said his piece, and then called it a job well done. But he didn't do that. He didn't leave well enough alone. He didn't just stand up against sin with a solitary comment. Matthew 14, 4 says, uh, if you translate it literally, John kept on saying to him, it is not lawful for you to have her. It seems that John did this over and over and over repeatedly. He knew it was not peaceful or loving or right to avoid that conflict. And the Bible says over and over that all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution in 2 Timothy 3.12. Jesus said, you will be hated by all by my name's sake in Luke 21.17. You know, the peace that Christians are to pursue doesn't mean we'll never find ourselves in conflict with others. It is about the fight for peace through that conflict. In other words, it doesn't mean that we're always going to be loved by all. But it does mean that we love all. You know, to the Romans, Paul wrote, if it is possible, as much as it depends on you, live peaceably with all men in Romans 12, 18. You know, this is not Paul giving us an out. He's not saying that we don't have to live peacefully with people who don't want peace with us, that we can just throw up our hands then. He's saying we have to go further than anyone else to bring godly peace to that relationship. We can't just sweep conflict under the rug. We need to confront it. And when we do that, not everyone is going to want to be at peace with us. In fact, probably most won't. But as long as it depends on us, there will be peace. We will fight for peace harder than anyone else. We will never stop. That's what striving for peace or persecuting conflict maybe looks like. And we see it perfectly exemplified in Jesus. The Bible calls Jesus the Prince of Peace in Isaiah 9, 6. And how far did that prince go to bring peace on earth? He went to the grave. He died for this fight. You know, Colossians 1.20 says, For it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell, and by him to reconcile all things to himself by him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. It took blood from Jesus to reconcile the void between us and God. 
And he did that for us while we were still sinners. So we ask, how far should we go to pursue peace? And Jesus shows us there's no limit. We will fight for peace with others with every last drop of sweat and blood we have because that is what our Savior did for us. His word tells us that we must not repay evil for evil, but bless those who persecute us. Live in harmony with one another. Do what is honorable in the sight of all. And as far as it depends on us, live peaceably with everyone. Is that the kind of peace we are pursuing? Are we truly fighting to live in harmony with other people? Or are we just sweeping conflict under the rug? Peace is not our default state. It takes work. But through Jesus' strength and his example, peace is possible. That'll do it for this episode of Rooted Daily. And I'm looking forward to sitting down, studying God's word with you next time. Thank you so much for stopping for this episode of Rooted Daily. It is so important to take a few minutes to root ourselves in Christ and in his word. And I'm so glad you did it with us today. If you think that it's important that others hear this good news, make sure to hit the share button, subscribe to the podcast on your favorite app, whether that's Spotify or YouTube. It helps us reach more and more people with the message of Jesus every day. Most importantly, if you're ready to take the next step, repent, be baptized, and hand over your life to Christ, shoot me an email to brandon at rooteddaily.com right now.